ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're uh, pleasure to uh, put out another episode of Aiden Meets Interesting People. If you haven't had a chance to get back and have a look at some of the other ones we've done, there's some great ones. Check it out on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we're about to launch into another one. Uh, I've got a, a, a newfound friend of mine, uh, Tim Martin, the Tower Hill B-Man. Yes, yes. How you doing? I'm going all right, thanks, mate. How, how, right. how many b Hive-related podcasts have you done so far in your life? Uh, look, Aiden, I think I might have lost count, matey. You, <laughs> you, you finally got into the front of the line, but <laughs> no, not really. Never done anything like this before. No. Done a few little brief interviews and have you? things. What for? So, what, what sort of things like for? this? Oh, we did for? one for Moinshire Council on the small business Tower Hill Beekeeping, just trying to get a bit of word out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna dispel the the elephant in the room first. Yep. I want to know, Tim Martin, beekeeper man, is it true that by all known laws of avionics that a bee should not be able to fly because its fat little body and its small little wings are too too hard to, to lift it off the ground? Yeah, right. So there's a curveball <laughs> for a first question. Thanks, Aiden. Yeah. So I wrote you the questions, but there's <laughs> yeah. some questions that I write that I don't send you. You're throwing in some improv. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, I'm racking my memory. I think I've heard something <laughs> along the lines of that being true, Aiden, but I can tell you they fly pretty good to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. something about their incredible velocity of the flapping of their wings gets them through, but there we go. All they right. certainly seem to be slower on their way back from their foraging trips than what they do on their way there. <laughs> so the documentary that I watched called The Bee Movie yes, yes. was not exactly true. Yeah. Well, maybe it was uh, true. I don't know. Look, I haven't actually seen the movie, to be quite frank with you. you. No, I haven't. No, oh, I haven't. Um, I have no intention of it either. But right. I think there's a few um, a few <laughs> myths dispelled in that movie. In, 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 uh, I'm trying to remember... Uh, Something about the genders in the movie, I remember somebody oh. telling me. So, oh, I see. in an actual they're... proper hive, the boys more or less do nothing. The queen is basically an egg laying machine, which yes. I don't think is portrayed too accurately in the movie. But <laughs> anyway, we're here to have a bit of fun, aren't we? Not be movie critics. So, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, he's got a lot to answer for in the B game. Kids, the kids grow up thinking that uh, bees yeah. live in an equal, equal society, and they don't. No, no, you're referring to the roles of the bees there. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, 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 they don't. We can, we can, get, to the, we can get to the roles no, of the bees. No, I was no. opening up with a silly question, Tim. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it. We open up with a silly... That sucks the people in, and then now they're, yep. now they're in. Now they're here for the next 45 minutes. To oh, those about, poor people. Learn if, about I hope the questions get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more for you. We'll wait till cool, we cool. Uh, th- now, when we, were, when we were setting this up, and we did try and set this up pre-lockdown, but then we got, yep. we got stuck. Um, well, we couldn't come out here, because this is your house. We're, this is, a, this is a, a side area to your house, which is purely set up for, for beehiving. But you're also yep. an, an accountant. You said, oh, I'm also an accountant. I could uh, interview you about being an accountant, to which I said, that's quite boring. I'm not interested. So. Oh, I thought that's what you're here for. No, I don't want to know. Have you put account. me under a false pretense? Yeah, yeah. I thought setup. you were here to... Oh, you got the wrong T-shirt I on. thought you came to do your tax return. <laughs> Like no, it. I love how you say also an accountant there, also, Aiden. Yeah. Uh, also yes. an accountant. Look, accounting for me, they started about the same time as when mm. I started doing the accounting and the beekeeping. Certainly, the beekeeping seems to be a bit more of an exciting thing that people like to hear about. <laughs> You're not alone on that. For me, honestly, both are just as exciting. They really yeah, are. Probably really. doesn't help that the car's covered in honeycomb <laughs> and beekeeping labels. Right, and not, uh, so, yeah, not, not, 
maths problems. Not dollar signs. <laughs> GST sums. And hypotenuses and triangles. Yeah. Yes, I can. T- All right, I'll, I'll work that doing that on the other work side of the there. car then, yeah. perhaps. So, yes, I am also an accountant. So, yeah, I have my own little small practice out here. Yes, Tim Martin's accountancy. TM Financial TM Services Financial is the services. business name. Thank All you. Right. If you listen to my voicemail, you'll notice TM Financial Services comes first, Terry ah, and Keegan right. comes second. But that's not what you're here for. So, <laughs> let's stick to the well, you, but, I, I, I'm interviewing interesting people. Yep. Um, so uh, we can we can delve into all Whatever all sides like. of it. Yeah. Good, good. I, I I do Google my people, and I found you yep. were an award-winning accountant. Yeah. Yes. An yeah. award-winning you uh, dean's merit list. That's it. So what does that mean? it means uh, well the technical. Entry onto that list, as they so call, it's the top 3% of the Deakin Graduate School of Business. So basically it means academically I did quite well, yes. Yes. There you go. To be modest about it. But um, <laughs> ah, look, it's not something I've ever really struggled with the study side of things. And people that know me know that when I do something, I tend to do it properly. Right. Um, so it was a two year Masters of Commerce degree, same structure as a Masters of Professional Accounting. Hmm. Uh, I had it done in just under nine months, so I just did it full time. <laughs> Um, two years all in purely nine months. on pure, sorry. Two years in nine months. Two years into nine months. Well, when I knew what I wanted to do, that was it. There was yeah. no holding me back from there. So, <laughs> did it purely online from basically my living room inside there. Yeah. And um, as I said, it was just uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, did you get into it? it very so, have you got into that stuff late? Like, did you no, go from high school straight into that? So, a bit of a story. My old man, when I I'd finished the degree before I'd even told him that I'd actually done it, and basically <laughs> the first thing he said to me was, "Well, that's just great. Why did it take you this long to realise that? I told you when you were twelve that you should have been an accountant." So. Really? I would say, Aidan, if you speak to the people that have known me for a long time, they'll say, yeah, we knew oh. that's what we was going to do. So oh. it was a sit down with a uh, realisation for myself. I went, right, yeah, Tim, what the hell are you going to do? And, uh, <laughs> and my affinity for maths, numbers and money uh, right. was a big one. I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Sta- starting my own dog walking business at about the age of 12. Yes. <laughs> a few high profile clients over in Port Ferry. Hopefully they catch on to your videos. Really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was natural is what is how that came about. Right. So you, you went, you did go from high school into no. basically doing accounting. What have you done? No, in no. So I'm 31 years old now. Okay. I've only been accounting for six years. So it took me a fair while to get there. Yeah. So I took it took a couple of years out of uni after graduating at uh, Warrnambool College, VCE. A mm. couple of years out, and then I went and did a Bachelor of Health Sciences. Right. And that's sort of what saw me having a bit of a fitness background, so working at Aquazone. Oh, okay, um, right, yeah, yeah. So you did a PT course or something? Yeah, well, equivalent, like, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, as I said, health, health science, sciences, uh, yeah, specialising yeah. in exercise science, physical activity and health and psychology. I've always had a right. real um, inquisitiveness onto the brain. So, uh, yeah, so I did that three-year degree. And I think I must have done that for a couple of, after that, worked mm. for a couple of years. And that was when my little girl, Ishika Rose, came along. And that's right. when I really realised I needed to screw my head on <laughs> and go, rightio, what are you going to do? And that's, as I said, yeah. that's when it came to me and I went accountant. Right. I actually wanted to do medicine for a long time. A lot of people. Yeah, really? A lot of people that know me would know that about me. Yeah. Dr. Yeah, Tim. So, Dr. Tim, brain surgeon's what it was always what? going to be, actually. So... <laughs> You might, um, to, you might be able to get into it in your spare time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of things I'd like to get into in my spare time. <laughs> Brain surgery is probably not on the top of that list now, but hey, who knows? One day, maybe. <laughs> well, one day, Wendy. Yeah. You, you were, well, I did. Uh, I, I have read on Facebook a little bit. This this might free up your time. Yep. That I, I read 
on people post on Facebook sometimes that all the bees are dying, yep. and if we let all the bees die, then the world will end. Yeah, it's very grim out there on Facebook. We're in, yeah, oh, that, no shit, really. <laughs> um, look, I'm not a social media person, to be honest, Hayden, but I don't <laughs> deny that you're seeing all of that stuff. Certainly, there's a lot of awareness coming around the importance of bees these days, which is yeah. very important. And they are, David Attenborough was apparently quoted saying he would say two years and the world would be uninhabitable right. without, without the humble bee. So... <laughs> Um, they died. They played. They, yeah, London Geographical Society gave them the most important being on Earth. Now I don't know if that includes right. humans or not, Aiden. But oh, uh, I don't know if they're that important. I don't, I don't, think the know, I don't know. I'm probably rating the bees a little bit. No, not really. <laughs> um, so they certainly are very, very important. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is so exciting. I mean, it's what makes beekeeping so exciting now because we've got yeah. an International Bee Day that happens in uh, May sometime, and that was right. another little video that I did for Deakin University. So. Yeah, yeah, they certainly are very important. If they die, we're in deep shit. 65% of our agricultural crops are pollinated by them. 65. 65%. I've always commonly said 30 to 35, but I was doing a little bit of research on my computer earlier this oh, yeah. morning, and all it right. definitely said 65%. 65 so, of all yeah. agricultural crops, crops. In, in, in the world? Or well, in the yeah. world, yeah. Rely on bee pollination. So much of what we eat is directly pollinated by the bees, but then yeah. that doesn't even allow for the things that clover and canola. That, yeah. uh, that our livestock eat yes. that we then eat. So the indirect the indirect effect of their pollination is what I'm trying ah, to say. Well, yeah, so, it up to the, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Ah, look, yeah. It's, <laughs> so we've got to look after the bees. We've got to look after the bees. We've yeah. got to do something to look after them. And probably <laughs> it's actually what we're doing that's not looking after them that's more impacting them. So right. it's the common agricultural practices that are being taken up these days, the use of chemicals on uh, so yeah, much of yeah, our yeah. food. Yeah. So that's that's spraying um, and burning everything. Spraying, burning, yeah. poisoning, insecticides, pesticides, yeah. you name it. And you know, um, shout out to the volcano produce guys that do their organics down there. And I'm yeah. buying a bunch of carrots there the other day. I was trying to buy a bunch of carrots there the other day, mm. and they didn't have any in the fridge. And the guy recognised me over the fence. He, he called out, "What are you after?" I said, oh, "I was after some carrots." He quite literally bent down and pulled them out of the ground and threw them <laughs> at me. And my little girl was sitting in the car, and she goes. Pulled them out of the ground. So, well, yeah, that's actually where carrots come from. You know, they're not meant to look all perfect and straight and things yes. in the supermarket. And I mean, I, I think I, my conversation spiralled into that direction because yeah. we're so used to everything looking so pristine and perfect and clean. And yeah. you know, we could go down the conversation of the odd bunch that I know Safeway do yeah, with the, the carrots. You see the, the imperfect ones. guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I think um, to what you're saying is that people don't maybe link their food that they get from coals, which is super perfect, to something yeah. that's then come out of the ground, yeah. which has really lasted in the ground or, or has come around because bees have, have been around to, well, the bees to help pollinate. Definitely, to, to they've point. certainly pollinated yeah. that. I mean, like I said, my sort of my, my conversation headed in that direction just with the, um, uh, the chemicals and the practices that are used yeah, yeah, to make yeah. those so-called perfect vegetables. Um, which they shouldn't be and they don't need to be. But anyway, that's <laughs> buy the imperfect one. carrots. I, I, yeah. I'm a big imperfect, the imperfect carrot buyer. Carrot. I'm getting a bit off the imperfect apples though. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. they're, 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 they're not the same. <laughs> they taste like garbage. Okay. But imperfect Ta carrots, do I'm they into. really? Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, they taste... I think they're just too close to being rotten. I, I think this is what I think. Yeah, I don't know right. whether this is true. Yep. I think that what they coals do and, and is they get the empty bags. Yes. And then they... 
wait until the apples that are on the shelf are getting a bit rank. Yes. And then they chuck them in the imperfect bag and zip it up. And then, and then throw them in there. there. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I thought you were going to have a dig at another supermarket and say they go and buy the, <laughs> super, the other supermarket vegetables and then sell them as their own or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't know. Who knows? Don't know, eh? We don't, don't know. know. We're not, I'm probably we're not going to lose sleep over that either, to be quite that. honest with you. Right. I've got a pretty good fruit and apple tree out there, so if you need an apple tree... Well, you, you would have good fruit yourself. trees out here because you've got yeah, a we've got billion bees. Great little great little crop of foods, of, of <laughs> apples and whatever else I've got out there. Plums, yeah. nectarines, apricots. Um, I just wish I had the time to actually go and harvest, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> My sheep quite <laughs> enjoys eating the it. apple tree. Let yeah. the bats do it, yeah. Do you find that the people's... Fruit trees and, yep. and flower flowering plants yep. benefit from having a hive in their in their yeah, house. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. So, so people will notice it. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm actually amazed at how many people come to me and they say to me, "Radio Tim, I've been thinking about doing beekeeping for a few years." Some yeah. people have said to me they've been thinking about doing it their whole lives. Right. I love the association a lot of people have with their father or their grandfather or even their great grandfather having kept bees. Right. So, you know, middle-aged people coming in and saying they have these fond childhood memories of their distant relatives having had bees in the past now um my thoughts are like a railway track that's gone way off (laughs) track off track but um your question is so yes yes people it amazes me at how many people come to me and they go we want a beehive Mm. but it's got nothing to do with the honey production they just want a beehive in their backyard because Uh. they know the benefits of pollination oh okay so they do it more as as uh, fans have been a fruit grower and they want be- better yep. better quality crops or, or bigger yep. crops. B- bigger, better, the, better yields out just, of them. Yeah. And, and that's why the pollen... Leave the honeybee. Yeah, just leave it. Yeah, mm. the pollination market's huge. Oh, the almonds, yeah. have you heard of any of that sort of jazz happening or not? No. The almonds absolutely require uh, macadamias, yeah. plums, um, right. bee pollination. So they've got these huge plantations. I don't do a lot of research. I get you to do yeah, that. Yeah, neither do I really. I just sort of go off what people tell me and hope that it's right. But yeah. um, <laughs> No, I was actually reading that again this morning and it was an old article, 2008, but they were talking about how big they expect the pollination market to get. And at the moment, they put about 122,000 hives on the almonds in Australia at the moment. Oh. I expect that number to increase to quarter of a million. But um, so there's, there's pretty... Not whether we're talking about money because my accountants hats are not on, but there's a lot of money in the pollination, and it's why a lot of people get into beekeeping is to outsource or outsource, right. you know, basically lease out their beehives to pollinate. Ah. So, well, my next door neighbour's got a couple of fruit trees. I should get him to pay me to. Well, I I, I try and send invoice books around <laughs> with my bees, and so they can finish pollinating everyone's fruit and veg, and then write them out a bill. Yeah. I was joking with someone that the other day, but. People don't seem to be paying aid. I don't know what's going on. But in all seriousness, I get quite a few people coming to me saying they don't want to be a beekeeper, but they know the benefits of bees on their property. And so they ask me to put a beehive on their property. Oh, okay. And then you just get to go in there and reap the harvest. and. Yeah, so I get the hive on the property and get the honey from it and everything else. It maintains as my property, but they get the benefits of having a beehive on their property. I'm sort of drifting away from that, just with the uh, the timeliness factor in my life. Yeah. It's a bit difficult. How many hives in, have you got on the go at the jumping moment? Jumping in the car. So, yeah, I've got <laughs> about 45 hives at the moment. I'm yeah. sort of only set on getting about 50, which is right. micro, which is absolutely micro in the beekeeping scheme. I mean, big beekeepers have thousands. Yeah. So, you know, flatbed trucks, trucking them, taking them all around Australia. Right. Um, what's the doco? There's a doco, there's a doco. Uh, 
can't think of what it's called at the, the moment. The B movie? The, no, it's not. That's, <laughs> I, I, I know what B movie you watched, but I don't think that's a doco. <laughs> I think the animation gave that away. But um, and it followed uh, Miller's. I think it is Miller's Honey in America. Followed him around. Um, and you, you right. get a bit of an idea of what sort of scale beekeeping can be done on there. But ah, so they're, they're, they're honey honey manufacturers. Like yeah, their honey job producers, is honey. Yeah, yeah correct. Millers, yeah. Yeah. And he would and he would do pollination, I expect. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, in terms of my own domestic hives, like I'm, I'm sort of trying to concentrate them onto a few good producing properties now. Yes. Um, it's just too much hoo-ha going between all these different properties. But <laughs> it's not easy because, um, you know, the people actually get attached to them. And, I mean, it's the same as my German Shepherd over there, Sky. A lot of people treat their hives as pets as much as they do a dog and a cat. Right. And those hives that I've put on people's properties, when I tell the owner, listen, I'm sort of thinking I'm going to have to take this because it's just <laughs> coming too much effort. It's, oh, really, really, really? So, yeah. and, and that's the other side of why a lot of people get these things as well because they are more than pollination more than honey they, they are a being they're an amazing creature absolutely yeah. amazing there's yeah. so much to learn from them about them and yeah. i genuinely believe so much that we still don't even know about them so yeah 100 i because mean, I, I i mean i am a, a new apiarist is yes. that the right word a new apiarist and the only reason i got into it is because my mum said that she wanted one and you know you know my mum has been out here and and, and reese and yep. and then just because I'm inquisitive, I obviously ask too many questions yeah. about beehive, and then that must have meant to my mum, oh, that means that he wants a beehive. This was a gift, so then wasn't it, it? it was. It was my my 40th birthday cool, present. Was, cool. a, was a, a beehive. Yep. And uh, I don't know if people might not be able to quite see, but there's a the, the Australian Beekeeping Manual, yep. which I've read through a couple of times. There's, they are super fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. The way the whole the way the whole hive works. We we we, we can get it into the whole hive. Let's do it. So okay. uh, you want to go open one up now? Go and open one. You want one. me to bring one in, or you said let's get no, into the hive? No, every, t- <laughs> every time I come here, you get stung. Every time I come here, you've been stung by a bee. Except for now, you haven't been stung yet. I haven't been stung today. Haven't been st- no, we're having a good day. Right. <laughs> yep. If, if I gave you a dollar for every time you've yep. been stung by a bee, what, what sort of what sort of money? Are we, what what do we? How, what could we buy? If I had a dollar for every time I've been stung. <laughs> Probably a gold-plated bee suit. <laughs> gold-plated bee suit. Go- probably a suit so damn expensive that I'd never have to get stung again. What do you reckon? Gold-plated, I obviously say, just because gold sounds like worth Gold's a lot rich. of money. Yeah. I don't know how much a gold-plated bee suit would be, but I, I love the question when people say to me, have you ever... I mean, I actually have people say to me, have you ever been stung? Uh, have you ever been stung? Uh, I, yeah. I awoke several days later because I sort of just dropped thinking... <laughs> Now, I understand there's... Yeah, it's not ignorance. It's not... People don't really understand what's involved. But, no. Um, people I, probably think that look, if you're going to hang around, you'd wear the, actually wear the bee suit and not yeah, shorts and T-shirts. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably the problem mm, too when you go bad. and open beehives up and you actually just don't have a suit or anything else on. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, I'll give you a hot tip. You get more stings when you don't even have the suit on. Now, I know how stupid that sounds, yes. but what I'm saying is it's those unexpected times that you actually get stung. So you go and open your beehive up. Most people would suit up, smoke up, get the appropriate tools and protective gear and all that sort of jazz. But it's when you're walking away again and you start getting undressed or you jump in the car and you forget that there was a bee on the back of your suit and you throw the suit (laughs) in the back of your car. It's those sorts of times. And I mean, my poor daughter, I remember sitting on one, got stung right on the backside. Um, (laughs) She doesn't let me forget that. So... But I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't possibly count it. It'd be, it'd be thousands upon thousands. I mean, on a bad day, I might be stung between thirty and fifty times. But 
I'm not a normal. I'm, I mean, I'm not a normal person, full stop. But I'm definitely not a normal beekeeper. So right. with all the, re, all the high relocations and swarm captures that right. I do, the high relocations is a common time that I get stung. Right. When I'm doing just an inspection on my own beehives or someone else's, really, bee stings are actually very rare. Quite rare. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely hands down. And I mean, as I say, when you're just doing a routine inspection, I was out looking the other day, we probably looked at about 40-odd hives. So we Ooh. opened, smoked, and inspected every, you know, 40-odd yeah. hives. I don't think I got a sting that whole day. No suit. I had a suit. Oh, I had a suit. I had my yeah. suit on. I had right. my suit oh, but you did, on. Yeah, that's right, because you were saying but, it's more likely to happen, yeah, later. Well, as I said, yeah. it's, it's the times that you don't expect to. And as I said, it sort of goes hand in hand, really, doesn't it? I mean, when you expect to get stung, you're going to get... Sure. Take the appropriate measures so that you don't, <laughs> and then you probably don't get stung. But yeah, yeah. Um, I've certainly been known to find bees in my hair and <laughs> in places as they shouldn't get. They I'm get... sure I put my bed sheets on the other day and I found a bee in the bed sheets. So that's the sort of time I'm talking. But as I said, very rare to actually get stung. Ah, just, well, just from, when I'm here. Just from a hive. They, yeah. they don't want to sting us any more than we want to be stung by them, like no. the snake bite as well. No. So, and then different... Different bees, or even different hives and different swarms of bees have very different behaviours. Because I remember, yeah. like, so my hive at home, I'm, I'm on my third swarm, as you know. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. No, we're going to mention it. <laughs> yeah. So my first swarm seemingly didn't have a queen, so they just yeah. sort of died out. But they were angry. Yeah. They were an angry bunch. Yeah. And then the ones I've got now, I can, I can stand, you know, here to that hive away and cool. film them and stuff and... and Talk to yeah. them and call them. Yeah, they by definitely their names. have def- they definitely have Never different tried. temperaments. Yeah. That first bunch I had were angry bees. Yeah, but you see, you actually answered the question yourself. You said they had no queen. Ah. And a hive without a queen is going to be a rambunctious hive. Something's right. wrong with the hive. And I I say that to people a bit when they say that their hive's being unusually aggressive. So yeah. they might say to me, I've had this hive for a couple of years, never had a problem. And now, now I suddenly can't step in my backyard. You'll say to them, Well, have you gone and had a look at them? No, yeah. I haven't gone and had a look in them. They're as aggressive as hell. Aggressive as hell. I don't yeah, want to go look in them. There. Well, that's what you actually need to do. Yeah, walk towards the as fire. As contradictory as it might sound, exactly right. Just throw fire on fire. Yeah. But, um, yeah, typically it'll be the sign of an ailing hive. Queenless, disease. Right. Uh, it could just be a whole lot of pests in the hive. But that's just a bit of an... Yeah, just uh, in my own experience, yes. um, what am I trying to say? You're finding that you never really... You set me up with a bad hive and they stung me oh, multiple well, times. Oh, look, I wouldn't <laughs> point fingers, but... <laughs> yeah, got, they're good ones now, and the, the smell, uh, I, I was mowing the other day and I could, it was... Like you smell it already. Yeah, yeah, like in two weeks. Have, yep. How long have they been there? Two weeks? Yeah, about yeah. two or three weeks, I would yeah, have said. I can smell We're it. in the middle of swarm season at the moment, and yeah. I've got a beautiful big swarm just out the road toward Woolsort the other day. It was hanging on a tree branch. It was probably one of my finest swarm captures I've ever done. Yeah. I don't mind saying so myself. What makes a good swarm capture? I don't know that I even um, have any photos or videos, but I was dressed exactly the same way I am now, except I didn't even have a singlet on. The guy, <laughs> good on you, David, already had the ladder set up for me. And it was right. just hanging on a tree branch, so we got the big set of clippers, cut the branch off, mm. holding the branch with the swarm on the end of it, lowered it down, dropped it into the beehive box, threw the lid on and walked away. So yeah, right. That was a, swarms are typically quite docile, though. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. They, <laughs> they just hide. But, but you know, something else I'd actually like to add there, and I always find myself comparing um, bees to dogs, and that is that they definitely detect anxiety, nervousness, stress in the person as well. Yeah, so right. if I'm standing out there doing what we're doing right now, talking to somebody, um, if they're a nervous wreck, 
they're the ones that will probably get stung rather than really them. yeah so when you're cool calm and collected around the beehive they'll respond accordingly and i say <laughs> that's quite comparable to the dogs because yeah. you know with the shepherd yeah, over yeah. there if you're sort of backing off, you're hesitant and you're reluctant, she's sort of going to, you know, it makes them on edge as well. So, <laughs> well, you told me off last time I was here because I was trying to flap one away from my head and you said, yeah, Don't well, there you go. So, so, if anything, at least I'm consistent. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. Um, I thought you were going to tell me you were telling me off about the dog or something or other. No, but no, no, no. no um, He's happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And that's, uh, yeah, it's like getting barreled. You surf, thank you. Oh, I did when I was younger. It's like getting yeah, barreled, you know, yes. when you panic and you get the adrenaline rush, right. people end up swimming down instead of up because they've <laughs> lost their head. Well, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I understand it's easier said than done when you've got a bee hanging around in front of your head thinking, oh, geez, you know. Um, and we, yeah, come out, yeah. 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 But definitely different temperaments. They've all got slightly different strains in them over here in Australia. So they're a Western honeybee. They're a completely... Um, Right. To, to be quite impolite about it, they're a mongrel bee over here. And this oh. is the honeybee I'm referring to here, not yeah. the native bees. So they're okay. basically a mix of an Italian European and, um, yeah. Right. We've Just got bits of bits of bees. Like a, we've like got, a, we've uh, got, we've got healer. sort of what's, what's been left from, <laughs> from many, many, many centuries of yeah. breeding. Right. Uh, tell me, tell me about the structure of a hive. So when, when you give someone a hive or give someone a swarm of bees, yep. there's, there's, I, I know there's drones and there's... Well, hang on, uh, hang on. Weren't you, weren't you bragging before about... Yeah, I read, read the book. The book I'm trying to remember times. what they are. Oh, um, okay. Drones oh. and the queen. I've got the queen. There's no king. No king bee. No, no king. No. Um, and there's one more. The worker bees. Oh, king bee. Some people call me the king bee. Oh, the king. Okay, king you're bee. the king. <laughs> I've heard of a few queen bees before. Anyway, <laughs> Did I get, Is that three? Drones, hey, what did you say, drones, last one? workers. Workers, yeah. Right. So which one is the boys? Drones Good man. and workers. Uh, no, just drones. Just the drones. Ah, drones are boys. Right. The, the workers, the girls. Right. And they're the, they go and get the pollen? Yeah, so right. they, they are one of their roles is to forage. Right. Yeah. Fill me in, go on. Don't, don't, don't ask I feel me. like I'm being quizzed now. <laughs> you are being quizzed. I'm going to turn the questioning around. Suits me just fine. All right, go on. I'd prefer to be in your seat. Right so the, probably the most fascinating thing about drones, any idea? Have one... Uh, fascinating things about dr drones. Drones. They the, so they go out and they um, they Don't their job yourself. no okay I'm going to say their job they go and sort of seek they find out where it is where what is the pollen and the and no, the, no, no. that's the only the, the workers. drones only have one role one role and they're boys and they're, oh. I'm going to let your imagination take <laughs> over here right they got that's they're, they're they one, go they they're go more, find more queens more virgin more queens, queens to, that is their only purpose right. so this time of the year Off when swarms go. are happening we're going to get a lot of virgin queens because when they swarm ah. the existing or the current queen of the hive yeah. takes off with the swarm typically between 10 and 20 percent of the hive population right maybe i need to slow down so people can listen <laughs> no no i gotcha no, 10 so, 20 go so with the, the queen. old queen yeah. leaves and then the hive that's left behind mm. they need to make a new queen so they make a new queen from right. one of the eggs that the old queen laid before she left so when once she hatches out she's going to be a virgin queen i think it's about three to five days old she'll go up for what's called her mating flight yes and that's yep. when the drones jobs come into it right and i don't know the how drones from that hive or from a different no, hive? any other uh, any, any hive any any and all hives so right. it was actually on the australian bee challenge they did this quite interesting they let a virgin queen go oh, sorry they used the pheromone of a virgin queen 
in one of the major parks in smack bang in the middle of Sydney. Mm. And they caught in this gigantic balloon net looking thing all the different drones that came along. Yeah. And they analysed how many different hives there were by taking the genes of these drones. Ah, right. I'm racking my memory here, so I could yeah. be a little bit wrong on some of, the, some of the facts because this is a couple <laughs> of years ago. Yeah. But it was incredible the number of different hives that all these different drones had come right. from to impregnate this virgin queen. So she'll go up on her mating flight, be mated by multiple drones. Right. Um, are we allowed to get gruesome? Yeah, go on. So penis snaps off. Breaks it off. They, yeah. fall, they fall to their death and then the penis, and then another one comes along. So right. They, Jesus. And so yeah. she will, she will, look, I've read on, I've read she may go on another mating flight again in her yeah. life, but I, so I'm the mating sure. flight, then she goes. So she's the new one. She goes back to the hive yep. that she so came from. So then she'll return to the hive. She's a fully yeah. mated queen now. Then right, and that's when her egg laying starts, and that's it. <laughs> As I said, she'll leave the hive again if she swarms. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are. The new one back up. Yeah. The thing that I was getting at before is drones can't sting. Drones are oh. actually stingless, so drones they're a big, stingless. solid, stocky-looking bee. They tend to have a hairy bum. A lot of people mistake the drones for the queen. So right. uh, when I'm doing inspections with new amateur beekeepers, they'll often point at a drone and say, is that the queen? Is that the queen? Yeah. Um, my daughter took a drone to school once um, in a little container. Oh, and and, right. and all, I can, all I can remember hearing from my daughter was that the teacher was not very pleased to hear uh. that Ishika had brought a bee to school. Despite Ishika's protesting that it's okay because it's a drone, it can't sting, <laughs> I don't know that the teacher had the patience yeah. to hear Ishika out right. because she saw a bee in a container flying around. But, yeah, God, God bless the little girl. But um, So drones can't sting. Yeah, drones can't sting. So what percentage, how many drones would there be in a hive? Like what percentage? Was? Yeah, good question. This time of the year, uh, look, I, don't, I couldn't put a number on right. it, but there's a higher percentage of them at this time of the year. So more of them than workers? Or more no, workers? no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, look, I want to say 20%, but right. even that's probably pretty high. Yeah, it might only be 5 or 10%. Hey. It sounds good to me. Sounds good to sure. you. Got yeah. you convinced? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, I'll convince myself then too. So a small percentage of them are drones at this time of the year. So the inspections that I was doing the other day, I saw quite a few drones. But like mm. I said, it's swarm season. So that's when we're getting the virgin queens. And the hives know all this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. often a, a seasoned, experienced beekeeper will look for the presence or a high presence of drones as an indicator that the hive is thinking about swarming. Right. So oh, the presence okay. of drones can often mean they, they're when, when the numbers swarming. bump up, right? Yeah. And then the workers, their job, they're they're the pollen hunters. So when I was watching my the hive the other day, yep, the pollen hunters. Is that what you call them? Oh, I don't know. I've never heard used it in ah. my experience before. That's Write right. it down. We'll, we'll go with that. Now. Yep. <laughs> so well, I was watching my hive the other day, and I was yep. showing my kids. I'm like, check out those bees were coming in uh, with yellow legs. So they yep. had the they had the, the pollen. All stuck over their legs. On their hind. And then their they bags, go back inside. And their then bags the, are packed. Is the, the bags are packed. The bags are packed. Yeah, like yeah. It's quite interesting to see the different colours. Some are it's like a really pale white. So, you know, di different coloured, you know, pollens and whatever else. And then they go into the hive and then the, uh, the other workers. Is honey... What is honey? What is honey? I wanted to call my honey when I first started making it bee vomit. Yeah. I was disallowed that. <laughs> but... It's because it's vomit. Yeah. So I was actually explaining this to someone just the other day. And again, I can't even remember where or how or who or whatever it is that I heard mm. this. But my understanding is that the foragers are collecting the nectar, the nectar and the pollen, yes. right? Both different food sources, both used for different things in the hives. The nectar is what will ultimately be made into honey. But the foragers don't really actually enter the hive or go into the depths of the hive. They oh, go yeah. into the hive, but then they actually transfer it mm. to other bees that are in the hive. So yeah. orally, they just spew it out and give it to another bee. 
And through that process is when it takes on um, its lower moisture content and flavour. Mm. So it's spewed between the bees until it's finally stored in one of the cells in the hive. Yummy. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and um, that explains why it's so sweet. No, so, <clears throat> yeah, so then once it's stored in the cells, it's still nectar. And then they'll reduce the moisture content down, the water content down to about, oh, I think it's, it's under 20%. Yeah. Honey legally has to be under 24 around oh. about um, water content, right. which is actually what makes it infinite lifespan uh, because of its low moisture content, right. as long as it's stored in. It is one of the only, never goes off, is that yeah, right? Never yeah, goes correct. off? Yeah, Yeah, the story is I found it in Tutankhamun's tomb mm. in a container and they were still able to eat it. So, yeah. <laughs> Someone made a sandwich when they opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good, I was hungry too. Crumpet. All that digging might have had them low on carbs. Um, so it is, it's an incredible product. It's, it's, um, I believe it's the only known food source. Uh, sorry, yeah. the only known food that does have an infinite lifespan. So yeah. spewed out, stored in the cells. Once the bees have the right moisture content, they cap it. And you probably can't see the frame up there that's a honeycomb, no, but you can yeah. see there that's a fully capped frame. Yeah. So it's got a wax coating on the top of it. You stuck a knife through that, it'll all be absolutely liquefied honey. It's been sitting there for a year and a half. Yeah, but good so, to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, yeah, you, we're looking at a, one of your frames out of the hives. And yep. it's a, uh, so you can see the honeycomb shape that the, the bees have built and then they cap it with a, like a wax over the top yep. to, to store it. To, Correct. Like a lid, just a lid. A lid, they put the lid on. Yeah. Let's call it that. <laughs> I'm learning as much as you are today. You'll make it, yeah. Bee hunter, uh, what did I say? Pollen, Pollen hunters. Pollen hunter. And, yeah. and just yep. lids. And lids. Not caps. And <laughs> no. What would you call it, caps? How scientific. Ah. <laughs> uh, very good. All right, so the, the hives, uh, the hive running well. There's only ever one queen in there. Her job, she's just making eggs. Yeah, egg laying machine is actually what I sort of coin her as. She's yes. in no way a queen in matriarch in the sense of decision making or anything else. She's right. literally fed, cleaned by the other bees. Yeah. She's told where to go. She's told when to lay because she uh, her egg laying changes rates um, mm. across the year, up to two thousand eggs a day over peak yeah. time, which is what we're in now, sort of spring summer, which is when they're bringing their numbers up. Yeah. It's impressive I work. Know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure I envy her, to be quite honest. But anyway, <laughs> no, it's pretty crazy being fed and cleaned. For, yeah. For, yeah. Well, cleaned and cleaned and just pumping out eggs. Yeah, <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds horrible. Pumping out babies is really what she's doing. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> people who might think of, think of getting a hive or, or uh, already have one and just getting into it, as I am, what sort of honey production can we get out of it? Like, what, how much is a hive producing? You got uh, six tubs of honey grams. there. Yep. Was that, is that one hive's worth or is that... One hive's worth. I don't know. So that frame that we are referring to before, so holds between two and a half and three kilos of honey is what you'll get out of that. Out of one frame? Out of one frame. And then my box has ten frames? Ten frame high. Wow, okay. So if all of those frames were filled, two and a half, three kilos per each. So you're talking, yeah. come on, how's, how's your maths? <laughs> yeah, how's your maths? Oh, right, is there 20. an accountant in the room? <laughs> yeah. oh, can you help us? So what, 25 to 30 kilos if it's a ten frame hive. Right. And in a good year with an established hive at a good good weather, um, you know, Two times, three times is what you could harvest from that hive. I got three harvests out of my right. established hives last year. So, 100 kgs. Yeah, 100 kilos. Up to, uh, up yeah. to I suppose, would be... And just out of a... Just in your backyard. Yeah. What's that? It'd be no, like in your backyard. Just, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, look. That's friends, heavy. family, yeah. neighbours. Sorry, excuse <laughs> me. Um, yeah, once you've got a beehive, you tend to 
increase your friend numbers as well. Right, right. Everyone gets honey. Found that or not? Everyone gets honey. Well, maybe not yet. Not, no, maybe it's not good. No, Mine keep flying away. <laughs> you're, you're losing friends. I'm not a good. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Probably, <laughs> there's probably a neighbour about six doors up that's wondering why they've got a swarm of bees on their letterbox. <laughs> I don't know where they came from. They don't look like mine. No, no, no. no. You've got collars on you. Run the other way, yeah. <laughs> I wrote my you've name got, on mine. You've got some <laughs> Yeah, so look, uh, as I said, an established hive, it's a little bit of a how long's a piece of string. It's farming. Right. It's a primary production business. It depends yeah. on so many different factors, but mm. that's a rule of thumb is, um, as I said. Yeah, yeah. And, and not all honeys taste the same. It's all... Uh, it's all based on what sort of fruiting trees or flowering trees yeah, are around where you are. The source is where they've come from. So that's yeah. where you get yellow box, red box, all the different honey flavours um, okay. is the nectar source that they've been foraging on. So um, Donnie Carter, shout out to him, a beekeeper in Warrnambool that has some hives up around on some yellow box farms. My favourite honey, I reckon, yellow box. Yellow box. Yellow yeah. box. But that's, that's, what... a gu- that's a gum, isn't it? Like a type yeah, of gum yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's a delicious honey, absolutely delicious. Yeah. So, that's how you. That's how people. I believe it's an eighty percent. You've got to be able to do on chemical analysis that the honey has come from that one particular source. So uh, a, lot, okay. a, a common question I do get about my honey is, what is it? What's the honey? I said, well, it's it's, it's croyd honey. It's it's backyard oh, okay. honey. It's yeah, mixed. so yours is a bit of a mixture. It's mixed, yeah, is what yeah. I call and, it. And most people's backyard honey. Most people would be, and I'd question even how much people's are that try and put a name on it as well. If we yeah. can get that cheeky, so. You know, if you're on a plantation where there's literally only one nectar source, you might be able to argue that that is your honey. <laughs> but because, yeah. does it really allow for all the weeds, the undergrowth and the things? You know, yeah. tapeweed is a, is a good source for bees, predominantly pollen, but it does produce nectar as well, I believe. Yeah. You know, if that stuff's growing everywhere, the bees are going to be going to that as well. So. What's tapeweed honey taste like? Apparently, pretty good? garbage. No, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a portion of cape weed out there, but all the fruit trees, and you do, you'll get a different honey at different times of the year as well. So I've got, you know, four or five hives sitting out there at the moment. The honey they're producing right now will be very different in taste to what they'll be producing yeah. in six months' time because of what's flowering oh, yeah, at the it. time. Yeah, yeah. So cape weed's flowering now, but it won't be flowering another six months. Yeah, I'm not a. That's interesting. I'm not yeah. a. I'm not too much of a. Garden person, Aiden. <laughs> some people mistake me and think that I'm like some sort of expert on flowering trees and things. I'm going, yeah, right, really. yeah. Um, but yeah, different honeys, different. different honey, ne- the different. nectar source is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I think I think um, yeah. Mum and Mum and Reese pulled theirs apart the other day and got some honey and comb out of it and oh yeah, had a, a tea tree flavour. They yeah. live near Briley, um, which has got you've got a lot of that. Sort of salty tea tree. Coastal stuff. tea tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got a mate over in Merivale there that he was saying the other day that he um yeah backs on to a lot of the dunes up that way. Yeah. And he says that he can, can definitely taste it. A, a, a very definitive tea tree yeah. flavour to it. I can't say my taste buds are all that refined to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I pick some honey and I go, shit, that's the good tasting honey. Or oh yeah, yeah, that's not one of my favourites. Yeah, but yeah. it was Leatherwood honeycomb actually that got me into beekeeping, which was on my questions list. I don't know what happened to my questions list, but anyway, <laughs> we may as well forget about it. We get that. to some of them. But, no, that's okay. Leatherwood. I mean, I really enjoyed that, but I remember seeing a poll on a Facebook page there and it talked about what's your favourite honey. 
and I think only yeah. about two percent of people selected Leatherwood. It's an extremely strong flavour. Leatherwood. Leatherwood, Tasmania. Okay. Is right. Ever heard of it? A big gun, no. apparently. Yeah, okay. it's, um, yeah. A lot of it got wiped out in the fires that happened down there a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it takes a long, long time to flower as well. So Leatherwood honey is probably on a premium at the moment, but it doesn't sound like it's in too high of a demand as well. So right, keep your eyes out in the shops for some Leatherwood honey. Leatherwood honey. Well, I quite <laughs> like it, but manuka, you know, that that's it's yes. made using tea tree is very it's. I believe it's in the same family as Manuka. Right. It's not yeah. quite as active as Manuka, but... Do the job. So if people wanted to get into, into beekeeping, people are maybe watching this thinking, oh, you know, if Aiden can do it, it can't be that hard. But oh, well... <laughs> well, to, hang to, on. To be fair, That's assuming yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, I have, yeah, <laughs> lost two, two swarms and, uh, and uh, I've produced zero honey so far. <laughs> You'll get there. But if other people wanted to have a go, yep. uh, what, what, what do they have to do? What do you do? Come and see me. See you. Bring you. <laughs> right. Look, I, I sort of look. I don't want to. Make but what, this, the, what do you need? Like, what do you, do you do? need a backyard with trees and flowers, or can you? I mean, Hives do better in in centralised, urbanised areas, and what they do out in the open. Right. Every day of the week. I mean, I've got a few hives dotted through backyards in Warrnambool. Mm-hmm. Can barely keep up with the honey production of them. Yeah. And. I mean, you know, to be stereotypical, hives that are out in the middle of a farm can be very monoculture. So it could be that they're on a loosened crop. So if the loosened's not flowering, what are the bees feeding on? Right. Um, yeah. You know, same again. So whereas, whereas in a in a backyard environment, mm. you've got such a diversity, such a range of, of flowers, nectar, pollen sources. The bees do really, really well. Yeah, and all year round, like you said before, like you've got different uh, parks, flowers. manicured lawns, not lawns, but you know, gardens, yeah. um, areas like that. Bees love that stuff. How, how far do they go to get pollen? Do I haven't measured one yet. I was going to put a GPS on one the put other day. Put a piece day. of string on one of them and just put a, and follow it. Follow put, a, put a notch every meter. Is that the one I was following? Or, oh, <laughs> no, hang on, I think it's her there. No, look. Again, I don't know don't who know. comes up with this stuff, but three yeah. kilometres is, is uh, the rule of thumb is what they can go on. Now, yeah. they'll go only go as far as they want to, though, or need yeah. to, I should say. But I often walk up a block up, I walk up to the top of Tower Hill from where I am here in Geroit, and there's mm. the next road up. Sometimes I look down the road and I swear there's this steady stream of bees coming from my house and sort of thing. <laughs> and I often wonder whether they're heading as far as Tower Hill, yeah. up to the top there. But yeah. you know, I'd sort of look around and go, do they really need to be? Yeah, that's you right. Know, how many yeah. how many plants do you go past on your way there? Correct, yeah. correct. So, But up to three kilometres, as, as I said, the general accepted sort of rule yeah. of thumb is what they'll go up to. But Some people have their favourite pubs, don't they? They'll walk, yeah, past, exactly they'll walk right. past one yeah. pub to get to the next yeah, one. Yeah, exactly so right. Knows? It's just what's on tap at the, it's a certain place. <laughs> There's a non-drinker, but anyway. So. Right. <laughs> okay, so someone wants to get into, into uh, being a, bee, yeah. a beekeeper. Uh, they've decided they want to have a, a, a little production at their house. Yeah. Um, What's the scale of something that they need? So we've got we've got some bits and yeah. pieces here. That we, yeah. well, uh, that's the size of mine. That one there. That's, that's just the top part there. That's a ten frame. There, that's I a think, ten frame. Looking at it from here. And that's the because uh, I I did read again in the, in, the, in the Bible the Australian Beekeeping yes, Manual. Yes, good word. Uh, yeah. This here's some words. You can use these all in one coherent sentence. Uh, there's the super. You're correct. Yes. There's the brood box. Yeah, good man. Uh, excluder. Yes. Excluder, um, extruder, people call that a few different things, yeah. Right. Um, Apparently it depends what state you live in too. Oh. I had a woman calling the frames droppers to me the other a day. A dropper. Yeah, a dropper. Droppers. A dropper. Dropper. Because she said to me she wants a box with droppers. And I thought, she want me steel droppers or yeah. like she <laughs> want the star pickets. Yeah. I'm not sure. But anyway. Nah, right. Uh, 
So what did I say? I said brood box and super and excluders Excluder. and um, honey. Is a honey box? Is that a different one or is that the whole thing? Honey box. Well, that's a super. Is that a different one? Oh, it's, a, it's the same it's thing. Super. super is typically right. called a honey, is a honey okay. box. The All honey right. box, the box that is used for honey. Right. You would typically call a super. Sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 because I've run out of words. So I was hoping oh, you'd start the, I'd, no, I'm I was hoping you would start the coherent sentence that used all of those words. And you told everybody. To yeah, I want to know what the makeup of the box is and what, what Brood chamber is the brood box. That's brood where chamber. the queen spends most of her time. That's right. what you need to begin with. Okay. Again, I don't want to make this a marketing pitch, but that's <laughs> a single super hive. Yes. And that's what I suggest to people. That's what you need to begin with. But that's right. once you've got the bees. I like hearing from people they've done a bit of groundwork, a bit of research first, because they should be treated the same way as dogs. You shouldn't mm. just duck off to the RSPCA one day and adopt the next, do- the, you know, adopt the next dog. There's a right. tongue twister for you. <laughs> I like hearing people have thought about this stuff. Okay. Because um, it's a commitment. Yeah, you don't, yeah, as I said, you don't want to just decide one weekend. But that bo- that book, Bible, as you rightfully call mm-hmm. it, is a great starting point. Depends what sort of person you are. A lot of people jump on YouTube and all those sorts of yeah, sources. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't think of anything worse, but that's just me. <laughs> um, I'd try and be a one-stop shop here. So if someone can walk through that door and go, right, hey, Tim, I've, I've, I've done a bit of groundwork. Yeah, I want some bees. Set me up. Yeah. You need a single super hive at a minimum, protective yeah. wear, tools, right, bits and pieces, and then the bees. Okay, so then, so that's the single super hive. That's what yep. I've got. Yep. So Except now my my, my next space. step would be yeah. what's the one below that? It looks like a half size. Yeah. Thing. So that's an ideal, and that's a an bit of a setup that I take on myself, Aiden. And I and I my line to people is I don't try and profess that that's the best. The okay. only or, or the perfect way of doing a hive right setup. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about beekeeping is there's his way, their way, yeah. and everyone else's. And bees so survived a long time without us putting them in if anything, homemade boxes. If anything, it's us that's jeopardising their survival. And right. that's, you know, coming back to what we were saying before about the practices that we use yeah. um, is actually jeopardising. As I said to you before, you know, it's what we're doing that's it's it's ruining them not so much what we're not doing in in a sense but yeah so so my setup is that i run i run a um a full depth brood chamber full Mm. depth that's another probably phrase for you full depth right that's a full depth box right um that'd be the brood chamber that needs the base on it yes it doesn't have we're missing the base over there Uh, behind me somewhere once the bees are filled out about 80 percent full or so is when you need to put on another super Uh, yes. and for what that actually is depends on the person if it was me i'd put a little ideal on him Mm -hmm. and i use that as an extra honey storage a second brood chamber so he has frames in it or it has frames little mini frames they're just behind you there whether you can see those or not on the top shelf there they're so cute aren't they i think they're great um all boxes have frames in them. They should have frames in them. Yes. It's actually a legal requirement that the hives have removable inserts is the uh, terminology yes, yes, that's yes. used. Yep. So, so then you put an ideal on it, and that's just and that's for, in my setup. That's for the bees. That's I don't right. remove anything from that. I inspect it, make sure it's healthy and everything else. But and then on top of that, we come your excluder, good man. <laughs> so put that on top of the ideal, and then a honey box on top of that, and that's where I harvest my honey. Oh, honey from the honey box. Honey from the honey box. Yes. So my setup looks like a two and a half box setup. So yes. a full depth brood chamber with the ideal in the middle, and then an excluder and a honey box. Right. And as I said, that's a setup that works for me. It gives me a peace of mind that I don't need to be feeding them over winter. I've had other people from Portland say to me they can't believe I only put an ideal on. They need to put a second brood chamber. Ah. So they use two full depth boxes, and then they can the bees can use that for honey storage over winter. Right. In my experience, in the last few years, I make sure the ideal is full of honey as we go into autumn winter, which is when mm. the bees they don't fully hibernate, but they certainly reduce in activity. So the ideal will be full of honey, and then I'll do an inspection at the start of spring 
and that yeah. ideal is still being full of honey. So yeah. the net movement of honey has actually been nothing. So yeah. it depends on the winter, depends on the environment that they're, that they're in. Like I said, have you got lots of winter flowering crops around? If yes, then they'll probably do all right. Yeah, all right. And so I, the excluder, yep. that, <clears throat> am I right, that stops the queen bee. So the queen bee lives yep. in the bottom. Yep. She's making babies down there. Yep. Guys are making honey up the top. If yep. she gets up there, she's just going to fill those cells with eggs. So that you, put, you put the excluder in. So that's like a, um, is it like a mesh that she can't get up yep. because she's too big? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm starting to forget who the beekeeper here is yeah. in this room. Good lord. <laughs> I read that a bit. Was, that, right. Talk about coherent sentences. Yeah. Well, it's... after you said I want someone to come in here and who said, who knows what they're talking about, or, or I won't give them swarms, uh, yeah, right. I was, in my head I was like, yeah, I had no I, idea I, I when I first pre- turned I up. Start, <laughs> I'm going to start pretending. Yeah. What did I say in that book again? <laughs> Think agency. Yeah, you did well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're, is that you're right? correct with what you're saying. So the excluders yeah, are just behind you there. I just use the stainless steel ones. They're just basically a stainless grid. And you're absolutely right. It's the length and the size of the queen that prevents her from being able to get through that. I'm going to, I'm going to get one and then we can look at it. Good idea. Let's do a show and tell. So that's a 10 frame excluder. That stops the queen from getting through and the honeybees can get through it though. Drones uh-huh. can't fit through it. So you need to make sure there's no drones in the honey box. Oh, before you start. For whatever reason that there could be. Well, you know, theoretically you should be putting a brand new box on it anyway. So it shouldn't have any bees in it. But <laughs> yeah. There you go. So that's your excluder right there. Get one of them. Um, right. Yeah. Some so, people don't like the use of them. They're a little bit of a controversial piece of equipment. When I right. first started beekeeping, I didn't use them at all. Um, honey production wasn't really on my radar when I had two hives. It was never really okay. meant to become what it's become. <laughs> so, and exactly what you said yourself, when I didn't use the excluder, I found some hives, the queen went straight up north and just yeah. started laying in what was supposed to be my honey boxes. Yeah. So it was probably that frustration that got the better of me <laughs> and I went, well, you know what? You got but I, I've seen some pretty, um, uh, let's just say, stressful occurrences where the bees haven't been able to get back through the excluder um, on a hot day and things. So they do, they can have a, they can wear the bees down ah. as they try and scrape through that excluder each time. Oh, because it fills up and like it, it clogs well, up. Well, with... they literally have to squeeze through it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've taken the time to stand there and just watch the top of the hive with the excluder on it, watching mm. the bees. And it can be quite a... You know, quite a wiggle for them. I mean, they're an invertebrate and they can squeeze through small gaps, but yes. it'd be sort of like you squeezing through a dog stall <laughs> through your front door yeah. every time you want to get home. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to start scratching yourself, cutting yourself up. And... Yeah. Geez, that was a pretty good analogy. Not very I've fun. I've never used that before. The dog's door one. Yeah. 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 That worked for me. I'm starting to feel sorry for him now. Maybe I'll take all these <laughs> Take it off. off. And not to mention, I'm sort of you make them you squeeze, through that. squeeze through a dog store. They only live about two weeks, and you make them, make them squeeze through that. Twelve weeks is twelve time weeks, of the year. is it? Oh, yeah, over peak time when they're working hard, but that's <laughs> allowing for. So the forager bees are actually on their last legs. So the bees enter different roles through their life cycle. When they're first born, they're a nurse bee. They oh. work towards being a. Didn't you read this in your book? You read this in the book? Is this chapter four? Yeah, I haven't yeah got maybe. I've got to that chapter. Could be chapter five and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, that's genuine. I just, they do. I just looked at the pictures. Let's be honest. The picture book. Mum didn't read. No, no, that's a bit cheeky. Um, yeah, they enter different roles throughout their life cycle, and the last role for them is the forager. Oh. So the bees that are out foraging, are the, they're, they're close to death. You'd think they'd be the young, fit ones that would be out no. there like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. No. Oh, see, I see I'll your reasoning that. behind yeah. that. Yeah, you, made it, you might have to go reinvent the bees. Child labour. Maybe. No. 
Yeah, yeah. Finish your <laughs> life. Reinvent the beat. Go, yeah. go, spend the first few weeks of your life out doing the hard work and then finish inside in the retirement home. In, Absolutely. In the hive. That makes sense, doesn't it? It does, actually. You're right. I hadn't thought about anyway. that. Been doing it all wrong. No, I never. No, but that's genuinely, though, that's at the end of the day, they'll, um, yeah, they die off as a forager bee and that's it. End of life cycle. This time of the year, 12 weeks is about how long they last. They yeah. can last a whole of winter oh, because turnover. they're not doing a whole lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see the uh, occasionally I'll be I'll be watching it and they'll uh, there'll be a dead bee yeah. in it and they'll just slowly just roll it out and just tip it off the side of the hive and <laughs> yeah. go about their day. Yeah. Like, you guys are ruthless. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty ruthless. And the same with the drones. That's another good story, actually. So they, they make the drones when they need them, but then when they don't need them, they just become an inhibitant on the hive. They just become an extra mouth to feed. Yeah. So they start killing off all the drones. Ah. Um, and they bite their genitals off, I believe, is actually what I've read or heard somewhere. And you're quite right. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a massacre when they kill off all the drones and start kicking them out. They literally just drag them out the front and throw them off the veranda. It's great. Very clean animals. Yes. They keep the hive, you know, pretty much impeccable if they can. Nice and sterile. And when yeah. I'm doing the relocations, I use elastic bands on the frames to hold the comb in place in mm. an empty frame. And so once the bees are in the hive, they chew through that elastic band and drag it out the front. And when I don't tell people about the elastic bands, they sort of call me up, Tim, there's these weird things out the front of the hive. And I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but someone tried to... No, I can't. But someone thought they was something. And I was yeah. laughing my head off. Anyway, Some so type of they literally, disease worm or something that was video, trying to get into yeah, the yeah, hive. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But I've got a video of them literally dragging it out on my Facebook page and the bee's quite literally got like its legs up against the box yeah. dragging this elastic band out in its mouth. It's a great video. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were about to, I was about to burst into asking you about the, the bee dance, which waggle is dance. one of the, the waggle dance is one of the most fascinating things yeah. i read in the in the bible yeah uh it's where the the, the worker bees they head off the foraging bees they go mm-hmm. off and find a, a nectar source or, or a um a pollen source and then yep. they come back yep. and in in bee <laughs> language obviously they can't say just over there that's uh, exactly what they say well they do but they do it with a, a the waggle dance non-verbally yeah if only more of our communication was non-verbal eh? Hey? <laughs> two people that could talk the leg off a chair i don't know <laughs> that seems a bit hypocritical <laughs> But tell me tell me about the, the bee waggle. The waggle dance, yeah. yeah. So same again, I'm going to throw you straight onto my Facebook page, Tower Beekeeping. I actually got a video of one of my swarms just here in the backyard where it was really obvious six, ten bees were doing this waggle dance on the swarm. Right. So it is how they communicate location to one another. So if I can use my finger, the bee will start here and it waggle dances up. The velocity with which it shakes its backside, the direction with which it's walking, yeah. and this and and one other thing, uh, direction with its walking, the velocity of its bum, and something else that's not coming to me. Oh, the distance, how far it walks, yeah, indicates to the other bees where it's trying to send them. Yeah, and then it'll do a semicircle, come back to where it started, and do it again. Ah, and just it goes over and over again, and, and then it. and then it's sort of group of. Six or ten or you'll eight see, bees that are watching you'll it. You see in the video the bees all standing there, like you know, at a stadium, you know, yeah. all lined up watching this bee do this dance. Sort of looks like they, they're sort of yeah. cheering it on, you know, but they're actually getting. <laughs> that's good. on your on your Facebook page. That's Terry on your Facebook Beacon. page. It was yeah. done just a couple of days ago. I don't know when you put this video up, but only what are we? Middle. It was late October. Yeah. Is oh, when cool. is when that video is on there. But I was walking past. There was a swarm on my fruit tree, and I went, 
yeah, right, there's a swarm on the fruit tree. I'll get that later. And I looked a bit closer and I saw the bees doing the waggle dance. Now, like you were saying, typically it's to indicate a nectar or pollen source, a fodder source. Mm. But in this instance, it would have been the scout bees from the swarm indicating where they wanted to go next. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. I sort of, sort of put my patience to rest a little bit and went, hang on a minute, they're about <laughs> to move on. I better go get one of my buckets and catch ah, this thing swarm before it heads off somewhere that I don't want it to head. <laughs> I.e. my neighbour's letterbox. Yes. So I ran and grabbed my bucket and caught the swarm. But um, yeah, so yeah that, the dancing, I think, is... Um, <laughs> it is. It would have taken a lot of watching bees to really, like, for scientists-wise, to figure out, to oh, out that's what they're doing. Do they're actually, And then that's the, you know, that's the shape or that's the... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's how they're communicating. And yeah. It's... it's and that's the thing about them. And so many times, so many questions you've asked me, I sort of question how I even think I know this. Yes. And that's exactly what you just did. I mean, <laughs> this is what we think. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. But yeah. I love, I'm glad I pulled you up on how the bees say it. I mean, there that's might just be a, There might be a bee watching this going, no, that's yeah, not what, even What are they doing? They're all wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I was thinking of making the joke about I might start trying to not talk and just dance my well, way dance around. And communicate to you. We possibly could. Listen, can we wrap this up? I'm going to do a little <laughs> dance in a second. And <laughs> you tell me where you need me to drop those bees yeah. off by dancing and see how effective we can get it. Jolly good. All right, Tim Martin, it's been, yes. it's been fun. Tim Martin, the, the beekeeper or the apiarist? What do beak you like? Beekit. Beekit. A beekit? A beekit. Huh. One of your questions that you never asked me no, was, no, am I an apiarist or a beekeeper? Right. Well, I have actually coined the phrase a beekit. A beekeeping oh, account. A beekeeping accountant. <laughs> <laughs> People, it's, it's a bit of a funny one. And some, a client actually gave me the idea one day because I wouldn't be nearly this creative. But they said to me, we go to see Tim to get our honey and get our money. <laughs> honey and our money. Bee man, honey man. And oh, I often say it works, to people, doesn't it? I'd actually prefer to be known as the accountant. I don't really like the tax man because that sounds like I'm the collection point mm, for tax. Yeah. That's no, a negative you're association. The, you're just a bad middle So man. I like to be the money yeah. man, but I like the beacon. Right, so people can come out. They Thanks. can check you out at Tower Hill Beekeeping yep. uh, on, on Facebook and, and whatever else. And they could come out here and they could get some hives. You just do straight up honey sales? People just want some yeah, absolutely. fresh honey come yeah, out here? Yeah, so I only sell my own honey that I've got from my own hive. I've got yeah. them for Port Ferry through to Naranda South. Yeah. Um, so I only sell my own honey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then we've also got what's what's in the basket up there? Is that soap? Yeah, or? so that's some beeswax. That's raw beeswax, and this is why I barely sleep, Aiden, because um, <laughs> there's, there's so many interesting facets to beekeeping, and, and yeah. genuinely, it's I mean, I'm obviously a beekeeping business, but we do the retail sales of the hives, the beeswax products, um, swarm collections, hive relocations, honey sales. It's an incredible product, beeswax. We get some um, incredible uh, people using it, buying it off us for incredible purposes. Yeah. Furniture polish. Ah, food yeah, polish, yeah, yeah. Food use, the beeswax wraps. Come on, don't tell beeswax. me you haven't oh, made is, beeswax is, wraps before. Is that what you use instead of Glad wrap? Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that's what yeah. I use. Like candles, with beeswax candles I want to start making in my spare time. Yeah, 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 when you get a minute. Yeah. Incredible product. <laughs> <product. laughs> so maybe if, I'd, maybe if we'd wrap this up about... You know, three hours ago, yeah, we could have done it. Yeah, it's been good, eh? It's been really good. Thank you, thank you for bearing with me because we've been trying to do this for a while. We have good to finally. It wasn't always our fault. We blame COVID for a lot of stuff these days. I'm a bit more accountable than that. (laughs) I'd say it was my fault, but anyway. It's been a pleasure, everyone. Get out to Terry Hill Beekeeping. Check them out on Facebook and uh, catch up with Tim. Get all everything you need. Yeah. That's a three-hour conversation to go with. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. Catch up.